0: E já perdemos Aquela maneira E eu Acabado e triste Eu já não posso Com palavras de vaca Продолжение следует... Rita, Ritinha Eu já não posso Com palavras de vaca Eu já não posso Com palavras de vaca Eu já não posso com palavras de partir Eu já não posso
1: com
2: palavras de partir KCSF90.9FM in San Francisco here we are world. Fridays with your host Antonino MSK-FM and Mark Matos. Welcome, Mark. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Antonino. Today we are going to explore the musical field of Americalia, this uh, weird, strange land in between cultures. So, Mark, what is, explain us, please, what exactly is Americalia for you?
3: Uh, With Americalia, I kind of came up with that term by Com- combining uh tropicalia which was uh i think as most people know was it's a, a movement of music in brazil in the late 60s um that had kind of a cannibalistic vision of incorporating elements of music and culture and art from all over the world and and also incorporating elements of of um of other art forms into music as well. I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the tropicalia productions incorporated almost like French new wave sound design. And, um, so kind of combining that. And then with, with Americana, which I think is, is, um, you know, being born in America and, 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 uh, kind of the lineage that I came out of, but because my parents were from Portugal, I also had a, uh, I uh, I pull towards Iberian music and African music. My father lived in Africa for a number of years, so I, that's kind. Of, it's so kind of a mutant mix.
2: Incorporating so this different culture and like eating. Themselves yeah. Like, exactly. I mean, I, I mean, I this. And also like feeling that like you say the the American so like you, maybe you mean the folk. Uh, yeah, the kind of
3: the 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 tradition of American folk rock and roll music. You know the the that was very specific to, to this country, but because, and, and I've, I've very much, especially with my old band, Campo Bravo, I think came out of that lineage. But as, as I progressed into O S Beaches and into, um, you know, this, uh, new chapter in my musical life, I began to incorporate in, and, um, celebrate all of the things that were part of me so whereas i was really focused early on on american uh, rock and roll music from the country and folk tradition uh within the last few years i really began to explore the portuguese side and then through that kind of opening up into african music brazilian music and and um and uh in american music music as well so and that was already there in a a strong way so it was more about embracing the elements of tropicalia the elements of singing in portuguese on the last couple records i have a song in portuguese on both records and and just kind of trying to trying to honor who i am you know
2: specifically as a as an artist and a musician so listen to Meo Amigo, opening track of the Coyote and Crosser, Mark Mados here, KCSF. <laughs> ACSF, so this was "Meo Amigo from the album Coyote and the Crosser. When this album is going to be released? It comes
3: out nationally on March 22nd and the the, the launch date for the big rock and roll opera, you know, the live show of it is going to be in mid-April. We're talking, we're trying to do it um, at the rickshaw stop so we're talking to them right now about it.
2: Yeah, because you told me that you want to bring this show, like a very big show, like... um, very spectacular even for the eyes, no?
3: Yeah, what we're doing is uh well, I mean I've always I've always been a big fan of of uh of music and in, in the tradition of ritual and ceremony, you know, going all the way back to the first musicians being the shaman with the drum holding a ceremony. And I've I've always thought that you know, you look at a band like Pink Floyd and what they were able to do with their show in a way they were holding this new ceremony, you know, rock and roll became the new ceremony, you know, ecstatic dance and people in this frenzy, this Dionistic, you know, Dionysian like frenzy. And, um, and so I, I I really wanted to explore that idea and wanted to explore putting something into the show, like really making the show a show you know and and uh and and a, a ceremony not just like a f- giving it symbolism and giving it creating kind of a non a non ordinary reality adding elements putting on a big show essentially is what i'm talking about but so we when i started conceptualizing the album i started to think about a way in which we could do it live as as a rock opera okay. um so we contacted a, a guy that we'd worked with years back, a good friend of ours who um, had done a number of large-scale art projects at Burning Man and uh, and had had done installation pieces at galleries here. And we uh, approached him about helping us with the sets, and he was excited about it. So I took him drawings, and he immediately, you know, came up with his own drawings of how we could make this all work. And it turns out he's also working with Phil Lesh from The Grateful Dead, and he's doing all of their stage sets too. So it was funny because he'd never done that stuff before, and by the time I approached him about it, he was already started to do it. You so know. I can wait to see.
2: Yeah. yeah.
3: You're going to keep us posted. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to you know, check out the website, markmatos.com. We'll be keeping everybody posted on it. Um, we'll be debuting the show in April and then taking it, you know, probably great to Great American this summer and playing it as much as we can, so.
2: But yeah, why don't we play another track from the album? So, Mark, why don't we play, why don't we play At the Border, the second track of the Coyote and the Crosser? So what can you tell us about this cool. track?
3: This is the second song on the record and the the saxophone solo in there is uh, Steve McKay from Iggy and the Stooges who came in for this record and helped us out and it's really just killer, so. The,
2: well, how we find this guy.
3: well we were, you know it was it was interesting I was doing overdubs for the record at a radical house uh, Charles Gonzalez's studio and um, I was we were working on the record and I felt like I really needed uh, an extra element there a melodic element I didn't want to fill it up with guitar solos and I, and you know I kind of started thinking about a saxophone. And Charles at the studio, the engineer there at the studio, had, uh, you know, he mentioned to me that Steve McKay had been coming into the studio and he was working with him, uh, mixing down or transferring some old analog tapes to digital. And he uh, mentioned that he could go ahead and let him listen to the songs and ask him if he wanted to do it. So he listened to it and he said he wanted to do it. And he called me he called me the next day and he asked if his 11 year old nephew could come to the studio to hang out at the studio, could show him around because his 11 year old nephew had just realized that he could Google his uncle and his uncle was kind of famous famous. and he saw pictures of him with David Bowie and you know, so and he came in and he was fantastic. And the next day he went out of his way to give me a call at home and, and tell me that he thought the record was really ambitious and offered to do, do shows live with us. So hopefully we're going to get a hold of him about, the debut show, and see if he's if he's not on tour with Iggy,
2: see if he'll do the show with us. And. So why don't we listen to this song? It's very interesting. This story. So Mark Meadows and Os Bitches at the border here at KCSF. I went down to the border
0: to repay you. I went down to the border to. I went down to the border to repay you If it's the last thing I do, I will destroy you
2: KCSF Your Community Your Radio World Fridays with Mark Matos guest in the studio. Mark, so how is it possible in San Francisco this this magic happens so easily? How this connection works? How this magic happened? Tell us, please.
3: Yeah, it is definitely a, a very fertile musical scene, and it's it's also very. Uh, there's a there's a number of different scenes and different. Things happening within the larger ecosystem of the Bay Area, so it's not like I've lived in towns like when I was living in Tucson, where the music scene was very much um, there was essentially like one kind of music. I mean, there might have been other ones, but there was one music scene that all the papers talked about. That you know we were all kind of involved in this downtown music scene, and we everybody knew each other. Here in San Francisco, there's there's a lot of different kind of things going on, and there are, and they. They kind of come together and, and there's little there's always some connections like that that connect them all together but um, and, and there are a lot of it's where you live too. So in the mission where I was living for years, um, the the thing that was interesting about the mission music scene is that you had this this you have this um kind of a mix of of rock and roll musicians jazz musicians, classical musicians um you know guys that worked in like, you know, heavy composition and and uh like avant-garde, avant-garde composition. Yeah, guy like guys like that and it was just really heavy hitters that were mixing in there with the rock and roll guys. And a lot of this happened at the Revolution Cafe um where yeah, where I I worked there as a, a curating the music for a while and uh the bass player that i work a lot with joe lewis was working there as well and he kind of was bringing in a lot of the jazz and avant-garde composition and when i came into work there i started bringing in a lot of the rock and roll and folk music and as the the music there became very um uh what's the word for it a lot of different kinds of music happening there and um the musicians just started to kind of you know know each other and hang out together and uh and as they started to do that it just became kind of you know you're hanging out with these classical musicians and you're like well wait a minute you know I'm making a record you know I'm going in to make an album and I'm hanging out with this guy from the Berkeley Symphony and this other guy and these guys that do the classical revolution and you start to think well okay well i'm making this record and i could use these guys you know like why not i got these guys that uh, available you know so you're able to bring in these classical guys say i want to do a string section i want to do you know this this uh, viola cello thing here and it became easy to do that you know you didn't have to call in session guys at, at, at crazy rates and We've- also
2: you know there is a different relationship between friends or between like a musician and a session man Exactly. Yeah, different.
3: Exactly. We had a relationship. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. There is
2: no stress. There is no, yeah, just one hour. Like.
3: Exactly, exactly. So what we began to do is is build relationships and relationships that were based on, on a musical comradeship and, and friendship. And so we weren't like, um, you know, held to you know bringing in a guy at some crazy rate for an hour and trying to get something out of him. It. it was more like coming to the studio hang out with us let's listen to this and throw you at some tracks and and um and i you know i started to you know work with different different people in these different genres and a lot of musicians in, in the mission did and i think that's the great that, that's the my favorite thing about the music scene in the mission is that those scenes all mix up.
2: And, and it sounds mixes. like what you are doing with your current project called family folk explosion. Yeah. Well, the, the family Tell folk us.
3: explosion is a concept that I, that I, um, that I had about a year ago. I, I guess I started it. And the idea was that it would be instead of a band, it would be more of a, celebration of community it would be more of a it's a community I always called it a rock and roll community center of the spirit you know but but the idea would be that we would do these whole nights this kind of rock and roll road show and that I would build a band that was kind of a house band out of the the people from my different bands and from the community and that throughout the whole night we would have different special guests And they would come in and and sit in with us. And we would collaborate in a way that was kind of loose and a way that um, it was kind of allowing the audience to check out a community of musicians having fun and just playing music together and not something like, okay, now you're going to go see this band. We're super rehearsed and we're going to give you this exact thing. But what happens when you throw this whole community of musicians together in a room at the same time and and it becomes this this thing where you don't really know what's going to happen, you know? And I think that's the great thing about the, the film, The magic. You don't know what's going to happen. Like, things happen, like, sometimes we fall on our face. Sometimes it's magical. But the audience was has been very receptive to that and very forgiving of that because they're, they're
2: allowed into a process, I think, that they usually aren't. And uh, tell us about your experience, one-month residency at Amnesia for the family folk explosion just did in February.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely. That yeah. was that was like a uh, almost a trial run like could we do this because it's you're having to explain you kind of have to teach there's a there's a like a learning curve when you're doing something that's so different than three bands on a bill at the bar you know like people understand that like oh you want my band to play okay cool my band's going to come and play but you know what we're doing is so different we're asking people to to Put themselves in a vulnerable position, maybe you know, because playing with different people, not being as rehearsed, and kind of coming in there and collaborating in front of people. But um, yeah, it was a trial run, and we did it as a free show five weeks in Amnesia. But we it was capacity every night, and we built up the audience every time, and uh, and we've um, I think it was very successful.
2: And now Family Folk Explosion is in the studio recording an album. Sorry. Yeah. Not, yeah, tell us about this.
3: Yeah, well, what I've been what I've been doing what I've been doing the last couple of weeks is uh, producing a record for one of the Family Folk Explosion artists, uh, Annie Girl, who part a big thing a big part of the Family Folk Explosion was that I wanted to bring in a couple of younger songwriters into my house band that I could introduce to the community who didn't have the exposure weren't as developed in terms of uh, having a band and playing shows and that I could help them as, you know, uh, g- provide a platform with these great musicians around them for them to play their music and, and to introduce them to the community. And then we would augment that with special guests and, and more established acts. So one of, one of those uh, younger artists is uh, a fantastic singer-songwriter named Annie Girl. Who is 18 years old and is just incredible? I mean, just incredible. Kind of a, I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but maybe if you can imagine Cat Power and Neil Young mixed together somehow, you know, it could be something like that. It's very cool, yeah. So we've been produ- I've been producing her new record with uh, Scott McDowell over at Hyde Street Studio C, and uh, using all the Family Folk Explosion members. Yeah, so it's been the it's the first real like Family Folk Explosion album, I would say. And we're going to also be putting records out as the Family Folk Explosion with as a record label. Okay. So, it's kind of a it's going to take on different forms. We'll put out records like that. We'll do shows that are like Family Folk Explosion presents. I kind of I imagine that the the Family Folk Explosion will just come to be known as like this large amorphous community of Bay Area musicians that are you know, kind of associated with it.
2: So we're going to so hear more from Family Folk Explosion, guys. Stay tuned. And the next show?
3: Oh, yeah. The Family Folk Explosion is, uh, the next show is March 9th at the old Princeton Landing in Half Moon Bay. and we're it's, gonna, a, it's a leg- legendary place. Legendary. It's where Neil Young did a 20-show residency, secret residency with Crazy Horse 20 years back or something. And it's uh, it's a great little room and we're going to be recording a live album there, so we're going to do a live recording and see what we get out
2: of it. So, so why don't we play another song, Mark? And uh, from, uh, from Coyote and the Cross, uh, let's play Rise of Santos, and then later we talk about Trans, trans Van Santos. What do you think about it? All right, K- guys, KCSF, Your Community, Your Radio, here with Mark Meadows. Check this out, Rise of Santos. Here we are, KCSF World Fridays, Mark Matos guest in the studio. So we just heard the rise of Santos. And also the rise of Trans Van Santos is the subtitle of your upcoming album, Coyote and the Crosser. So Mark, why don't you explain us, please, who is Transvan Santos?
3: Well, tra- Transvan Santos is uh, my alter ego, kind of my cosmic alter ego, it um, it came to me in a in a uh, mushroom ceremony that I was having here in San Francisco um, in the past year and uh, while i was I was meditating and I, I had a vision that uh, there was a a pyramid being built in front of me out of kind of iridescent cubed lights and it was built up by kind of, uh, not hands, but like the hands of God maybe were building this pyramid. And as it got built and it was in front of me, I realized it looked like a Mayan, a glowing Mayan pyramid. And it felt like these hands came and grabbed me and it pulled me up to the top of the pyramid and it set me on top. And it was this feeling of just letting go and accepting myself and accepting this other side of myself. And at that moment, the name Transvan Santos just came to me, um, which was a, common, it, it was a combination of things. The name Santos is my grandmother's maiden name. And um, I, I took it... In the Portuguese tradition, we take, our, we take the female name. You don't necessarily take the male name. You know, sometimes take the female name. Sometimes you take the male name... Um, and it's a, you know, matriarchal society. as, you know, Mediterranean. And the, uh, but when we got to this country, they changed everybody's name to, to uh, Matos, to the, the male side. So I, it, when the name came to me as this idea, my grandmother really helped raise me, and she was kind of the spiritual center of my family, the, the mystical member of my family. And um, so part of the, it was to honor that side, to honor this, this feminine side, to honor my lineage on that side and my mystical lineage from my grandmother's side. And the Transvan is the name of our old tour van, but I always kind of liked that name, the idea of Transvan and, and, transmutation, transcendental transformation, you know, everything that is, you know, comes with that, that, pre- that prefix. And, and yeah, so i like that. And, um, so I, you know, that came, just kind of came to me, Transvan Santos, and so it, it's a part of me, and, and it's it's this it's a, it's another side of me, but it, in the in the end, really, it made me feel whole. So I feel like I'm I'm I. It's just a, it's like a it's like a in Portuguese we say a nome de guerra. It's like a war name. You know i feel like so i kind of take that name on for certain things like when i produce records the annie girl and these things i like to be tr- produced by trans van santos and and i have a project that i play that's musical that that i play under as trans van santos and with that project i'm playing with dave Mahali, who is an incredible sense of a musician who he used to play in Jolie holland's band he used to play in in the legendary San Francisco band Mushroom. Um, and he, uh, he's just a, he's almost like a yogi kind of musician. He plays the marimbas, the drums, the tablas, the vibraphones, anything you, you know, in that realm you put in front of him. And then the other guy in the band is Matthew Zamella, who is an, an incredible violinist who plays in the Berkeley Symphony. He plays with Nina Anastasia. Um, he, he works with Jim White from the Dirty Three. And he is a, another just really mystical and very subtle musician so the, i I play with those three and under the guise of Trans Van Santos, and we explore a, a different side of of uh the music. It's still i think very psychedelic, but it's I'm playing acoustic guitar, and the music sometimes takes more of a raga instrumental kind of form it's um it, you, all of my music, I would say, has this strong like influence of Neil Young and California country and psychedelic. But with this group, there's that element there. Yeah. But then it also has a strong element of kind of the John, John Fahey, of Shakti, of, of Indian and Middle Eastern themes. I play, I play the guitar portuguesa a little bit in that group. It's more so. like, um, kind of like It's more mystical. It's more open it's mystical on a it's that subtle level you know with os beaches is more in your face it's electric we we're, we're a big electric psychedelic band that that you know we're 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 big you know we could we can play on the biggest stage and it would make sense you know with uh, with Trans Van Santos I feel like I would love to play sh- like I've been to shows of of like uh, you know Indian perform like Sitar music. Where you're going to see like you know Ravi Shankar in this theater and it's, and I would like to do shows with Trans Van Santos like that where we're sitting in, just seated in this theater and it's just this this really kind of building subtle more thing intimate. yeah more intimate you know so that's a it's a fantastic thing I love playing with those guys and I I add also for the stuff that I'm singing I generally have uh, my partner the and beautiful singer um and poet uh nora toomey who plays under the guise of pony girl crowley with us and also annie girl will come in and sing with us as well so i add in a little bit of the of the um, female backup singing which i think just accentuates that kind of mysticism with especially with those two women who are very mystical
2: Any, any upcoming show
3: you know right now it's i've been concentrating so much on family folk explosion and they all play with me in that group as well. And in, in those beaches. But I know speeches, but I put in some calls today and, and uh, I'm looking to with Trans Van Santos. We've been, um, I think we're going to, we will be playing some, some real shows coming up. But w- what we do a lot is um, you'll find us on a night that you don't even know we're going to be there. And we're at the revolution cafe or, you know, things kind of like these intimate kind of settings, and and uh a lot of it's been happening like that
2: and uh, your next show like with Os beaches
3: Os beaches saturday night berkeley, the, berkeley. Yeah. sorry plow so, okay. and after the and that's the last warm up before the big release or the big uh debut of the rock opera so yeah it was what i did was i yeah, uh, what I wanted to do is bring. I wanted to bring the band. The band hadn't. We added some new members, and uh, we the band hadn't really been too active in the past year. So what I wanted to do was bring bring the band back together with the with the two new members that we have, and Joe and Joe, my rhythm section, the Flying Jays, bring them together, get a re- get a rehearsal in, and then do three shows in a week couple of weeks and just see where we're at you know because uh, with us being such a a live band I, that's the best way to get a get a feel of where we're at you know you rehearse but then you get you play live and you have a better idea so after 3 shows I'll have an idea I'll know exactly what we need to do we'll go in we'll kind of boot camp rehearsals and and we'll be ready to go
2: yeah because uh, you know you have a good experience with uh, live performance and band, Yeah so it's like to balance the band members, the new members, like you said, no
3: oh it is, No, a, a band is a relationship it's it's like having four girlfriends or five girlfriends, you know, and trying to manage that yeah, it's another. um and I really believe that it, it is alchemy
2: and also you were talking about like the concept of slow touring yeah, like, instead of uh, like hitting around one city one night, uh, the other city the other night, but like focus more on the community and stop in the area and uh, spread oh, your yeah. message. Spread yeah, yeah, your... well
3: for me after years uh, you know I'm I'm 37 at this point and I've been in this game I guess about 17 18 18 years playing live shows in clubs and and going on these on these endless cross country tours where you know you're playing one night and then you take off the next day, and you you know get into town at six p.m. and play a show, and then you party, and then in the morning you take off, and everybody drives for eight hours, and then you do it again. I started to feel that that model just wasn't working for me, and I and I started to question the model. I figure you know in a larger cultural sense, I've questioned everything. I've questioned the way that we operate as a society. I've questioned the way that we operate as a people, um, as a government, all of these things. So I just began to look back into the world of music and I started to just propose the exact same questions. You know, what makes sense about this? Why are we doing it like this? And, and I think I real, for me, I realized that the model of, of going out one city, one night, take off, it just, it, I felt like it didn't honor the community that you were going to and that to expect that the com- the community to then honor you by showing up paying money to see you and and exploring you as an entity yeah. as a rock and roll band why would they do that if you didn't give them back if you didn't give them that same thing so the idea for me was like well I why don't I just go into this uh, community like Tucson or Los Angeles or Seattle or Portland and go there and stay there for a few weeks, stay there for a month, play some shows, you know, get some shows, but just kind of hang out there or in a region and and do a combination of playing concerts, recording with friends, meeting new people, playing at dinner parties, you know, hanging out and just building community. So it really was this idea that if I honor the community and I really dig it, and I, I'm in a community hanging out, playing with musicians, and and doing things that the community that I would become part of the community, and the and the community would become part of me, and then it's like being a local band almost over there. So it just makes sense to me, and that's kind of the way I'm operating now. And um, you know, look at if if the record takes off, and all of a sudden, you know, it's it makes sense to go on a tour where we have that kind of audience and we go one city here, there, then maybe it makes sense. But, but right now with where I'm at in music, it makes more sense for me to spend more time in less communities. Yeah. And just really build community. So I feel like I have a community in San Francisco and Oakland. I have a community in Tucson. I have a community, community in Los Angeles. I have a community in Portland, community in Seattle. And, uh, right now i really want to concentrate on those those places i i i want to put on coyote and the crosser in all those places you know and and i will so um and also n- not just with coyote and the crosser but the also the idea of the family folk explosion because the the slow touring idea crosses into the family folk explosion idea with the idea that if i have a community of musicians in all of these cities Then I could go to Los Angeles and I could do a family folk explosion residency in Los Angeles. And I'll have some of my San Francisco musicians who wanna come down and be part of it. And I'll have LA musicians that I know and they'll be part of it. And the whole thing can kind of be malleable and be different everywhere that it is. And what I'd like to do is start recording, spending a month in a community, renting a house, setting up recording gear, interviews, film and just have a uh, one month of us just playing music, recording music, meeting new musicians, and recording it all. And then at the end of that month, that would be the album. It would be a journalistic kind of exercise almost. Yeah, report. Like, this is the Family Folk Explosion in Los Angeles. And you would get like a song. There would be a songbook. With you know the songs with the chords, so people could play them, and there would be an album. There would be a little mini documentary, and so that's kind of the the, where I want to go with the Family Folk Explosion. I imagine that it could be that it could be this almost like a neo Alan Lomax folk music, like the new folk music, because like we're like yeah, documentary style, like we're documenting like the new weird American music, folk music. You know, we're making a new American songbook. And, uh, and, yeah, so I think that's...
2: And here we are, KCSF with Mark Matos, guys. We have a phone number. So any question, any comments, any whatever, a shout, uh, like say hello. Our number is 415-952-5273. So say it again, 415-952-5273. If you want to ask something to to Mark Matos, if you want to just say hi, if you want to give a holler. 415-952-5273 and now it's time to play another song Mark why don't we play for example Take the Light Away from Coyote and the Crosser here at KCSF with Mark Matos in the studio
0: I sin, filthy All that you see The gods to whom you
2: Your community, your radio, 90.9. Here we are, World Fridays, with Mark Matos' guest in the studio. We just uh, take the light away from the upcoming album of Mark Matos and us bitches called Coyote and the Crosser. So, Mark, this album is going to be self-released, no? with an uh, with example of Name Your Price. You can go and Name Your Price for downloading it. Yeah, what
3: we're, what we're doing with it, the record was... Um I recorded the record while under contract with Porto Franco Records, who had released my last album. But the record took me, you know, well over uh, two years working on the record. And in that time, the label, uh, through you know, navigating the, the current state of the music industry, had decided to change their business model and uh, not release proper albums in a physical form and to to concentrate on some other areas of, of music, promotion, publicity, and a video blog and some other things. So during that time, so when I presented them with the record, they, they informed me of this. And so after spending all this time on this record and... and all this investment and losing band members and producers and <laughs> burning bridges and and finally coming to the end of this line and 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 having something that I felt really strong about and, and felt was very representative of what had happened to me in that time. I came to the label and they informed me that they were releasing me from my contract and that I would uh, that I would own my own own my record. When they told me that. The initial when they initially told me that they had dropped me or they were they were releasing me from my contract, of course, I was a little, you know, yeah. The first reaction is like you're being rejected. You know, I mean, here I am presenting them with the best record of my life, and the interns at the office at Puerto Franco were just ecstatic about it I mean the one of their interns Adam, Adam Williamson was just I didn't even know the guy and he was calling me the next day just you know really into the album so I, I, I really felt like this was going to be um, you know something that we could sink our teeth into the band and the label together but when I went in there they they informed me of uh, what was happening with the label and the shifting in business model And they released me from my contract. And after the initial shock, I realized that I had my own record that I didn't owe anybody on it. I didn't owe any money. And all the money that the label had put into it, they had just crossed it off. So essentially, when I looked at that, I thought, well, if we don't have to pay the record label back on this, then why don't we just pass that on? To the fans, I mean, what I what I decided to do with it, and, and this is, we certainly didn't make this up. A lot of people are doing this, wooden ships and and Radiohead, two examples. But we just decided to do a, a pay what you want, you know. So the album will be available online, and you know you'll go to Bandcamp and be able to pay whatever you. Is the price that you want to pay for it?
2: And we have to say that name your price is a very nice uh, opportunity for a musician because there is no intermediary. Yeah. you pay straight. You pay directly yeah, abs- the artist.
3: Oh, absolutely, the dir- direct, direct to consumer.
2: And many bands are like using this system to get money from listener, no? To get paid from yeah. the listener, avoiding uh, labels, record label, managers. Yeah, yeah, but the third person. Like radiohead, I said, and it's pretty common.
3: Yeah, it's you know it's great. It's or or it's exactly, and it, and I think it all evens out there, and I think really that that that's where, that's where the question should be laid. It should be laid at the customer's feet. You know, it's well, what do you? And I say that because when you're talking about a digital download, you're not talking about a physical product. So at this point. Especially with this record where we ended up not incurring any financial costs to make the record because of the scenario with, with the label. So at that point, we don't even have money to recoup. So it, it just really makes sense to to lay that at the feet of the customer. Like, what do you want to pay for it? You know, And I think even if we did record the record... Or we did record our. Even if we had spent our own money, I would do the same thing, because I think it evens out, you know. And there, and how do you really put a price on something? If one dollar means something, if someone has ten dollars to their name, one dollar means a lot, you know. If someone's a you know a millionaire that happens to like the record and wants to give us a thousand dollar thousand dollars for it to him, that's like five cents. So it. it let them make that decision, you know, and I and I trust that. I think that, you know, it's the same model with, um, you know, with like medicine men and spiritual gurus, you know. The guy that's making you pay $1,000 for a weekend with him, I'm not interested in him. The one that says, come to me and, you know, If you, you know, donate if you want. If you don't, don't. But I'm just going to sit here with you. That one I'm more interested in, you know. So.
2: And the number, guys, if you want to ask some question to Mark, is 415-952-5273. Again, 415-952-KCSF. 415-952-5273 415-952-5273 here, KCSF your community radio War Fridays with Antonino Musco, MSKFM, and Mark Matos guest in the studio. Mark, I see you with a guitar. You wanna play something uh, to us seems, uh, live in the studio? Unrecorded.
3: Kind of a newer one called Mysteries Revealed.
0: The moon is a hole cut through the sky You can reach out and touch if you cover your eye Well, that's just your way of seeing the night That's just what you'd say And I guess you'd be right It's not that I'm wrong But sometimes I get sad I just feel things so strong When well, they start going back When magic is stripped Like coal from the world I tripped and I slipped And I lost my girl I still have the moon, and I'm thankful for that. It's been a rough June, but I'm still on the path. And all things must pass, from heartache to home. But the world moves so fast, and I feel so alone. The spell has been cast, it's all set in stone These boots never last, my feet are to roam And I'm here on the lip On the edge of the world, the mystery's revealed But I still miss my girl I'm here on the lip on the edge of the world, the is revealed,
2: but I still miss mine. Oh, that's beautiful, Mark. Thank you, Ira. KCSF live performance. Mark Matos, that was mystery revealed. Yeah, Mark Matos and Os Beaches. We are talking about and we are presenting his upcoming album called "Coyote and the Crosser." That it's be released nationwide march 22nd 2012. so mark uh, let's want to play another song uh, Why we are here ready with the guitar
3: i could yeah absolutely what am i uh let's see here oh i got one This is another new one yeah, let's see about this one
0: Find your way Where the highway Goes to sand Where the ocean Takes your mind In the sun Dances on the line Set your sights to see Set your sails for me Little wind is all you. From this noise But two hearts make a locket And my love will Set your sights to see set your sails for me. A little wind is all you. Oh you
2: ACSF. So beautiful. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for being here. Thank you for talking about your upcoming record, Coyote and the crosser, Mark Matos and Oz Beaches. Mark, tomorrow you're gonna have a show with Os Beaches in Berkeley. Isn't tomorrow.
3: it? Isn't it? Tomorrow, the Sorry Plow. And then beyond that, the Family Folk explosion, March 9th, at the Old Princeton Landing in Half Moon Bay. That's a Friday night, so make a trip if you can. It's gonna be a lot of fun. And, and check, out your website, check out my website, markmedals.com, uh, and you can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, O's speeches. And um, thank you
1: to KCSF, and thank you, Antonino. This has you, been fantastic. Friend. Thanks thank so much. You.